and Charles Barkley what? Can we talk about Fergus National Anthem? Oh, stop. Don't do that. Don't do that to my Fergie. Leave it alone. <laughs> Fergie, I love you. It was different. It was sexy. I yeah, like it. Right. It was different. Leave it alone. I needed a cigarette after that. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. And what a treat it was to watch the All-Star Game, and more importantly, that national anthem with my good guy, PJ Upton. What up, man? It's very delicious. Oh my god. So, uh, you know, I honestly was going to break out more of that. I forgot the actual hook of that song. That would have been nice. Everyone knows, if you've been listening to previous episodes, that you're quite the singer, but... Uh, so we, full disclosure, you and I almost missed the national anthem. We got, we were walking in right as that was, uh, right as it was starting, and we got pretty lucky because that would have been a bad we, one to miss. We uh, we did miss the Kevin Hart uh, intro stuff, which, based on what uh, what I saw after, I'm I think that was probably good for everybody involved. Yeah, I I'm I haven't looked back at it, but looking at all the tweets that were circulating, doesn't sound like we really missed too much with that. But just a long, excruciating. Uh, yeah, it was like twelve minutes long. I don't get it, and I, yeah. it wasn't funny. So well, nice work I, on that I I was convinced because we were coming back from. Uh, we were coming back from some drinks and picking up a few things, and we're we're getting back to your place and some wine. I was hashtag Team LeBron. I was convinced that we had missed the first half of the first quarter, but it was seven. Kevin Hart 30, helped us out, and we're out. We go. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. That was uh, that worked out perfectly. But they stalled for us. Uh, before we get to the rest of All Star Weekend, what did you think of the game, Peach? Because I personally night and day from last year I, I there's still some problems with it i think it could be better but all in all i was pretty happy yeah i thought the first half was pretty trash i uh definitely really was zoned out at points and didn't pay attention but i thought for the most part the second half was fun uh the end of that game is obviously like the last couple two three minutes of that game i thought were very fun um and just to get that uh, Katie LeBron trap on Steph at the end, like that was pretty worth it. Like yeah, I like I didn't come away from it being with the mindset like oh this is just turn the All Star game on its head. But I think going forward this format works pretty well with the NBA. Like there was enough compelling side things uh, within it, uh, along with you know certain players not even playing in the game, which is another thing but i thought the format worked i thought the it was definitely a better product i think once they add in that they're gonna get the hundred thousand dollars you know at the end of you know whatever team wins i think that helps too uh so yeah overall i thought that was pretty good for for the game itself and um you know there's nothing else on so it's tough to compete with it it's kind of just its own thing and it's I definitely enjoy it way more than like you could compare what the pole bo- the Pro Bowl product is right now, which I oh, just yeah, ignore. And it, look, and you didn't see forty eight minutes of guys just trying their hardest and playing great defense, but you did see a leap in effort from last year to this year. I thought, and 
I, I don't know. You just, like, there wasn't as much flash, which is too bad. Like, you saw a few stars that just didn't really show out. Like, on Team Steph, Steph and James Harden, neither of those guys had, had very good nights. And on the LeBron no. side, I thought Westbrook in particular did not did not look very yeah. good. But, uh, yeah. I mean, you got and to see if you LeBron pick the really over. show out. Yeah, and if you're betting the over, it definitely did not go your way. But the yeah, All-Star game was fun. What, how about the uh, other other big uh, festivities from the weekend? You had the Celebrity Game, which we did not watch, but uh, looking at highlights of it, had some funny moments with um, Quavo uh, doing some stuff. And, yeah. Uh, I, I I forget her name from 2K. They got stuff pretty it's bad. It's Rachel uh, something. I'm sorry. But yeah, that was pretty Shoot, good. Shoot, I forget her name. Um, and then uh, then we had the dunk contest, which, hey, been better than previous years. I'll give it credit. There's no, you know, it hasn't been as, as good since Zach Levine was uh, repeated. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the best of all time, though. That it, him and Aaron was, Gordon... Right, but you saw some pretty sweet dunks, and, and yeah. what, so what was what was your favorite dunk of the night? Well, I guess two parts. I I didn't necessarily like the idea of like I thought Dennis Smith kind of got robbed a little bit, kind of got the short end of the stick by the judges. Um, it's so it seems Dennis. Dennis Smith had my favorite dunk. His 360 yeah. that was kind of backwards, like between the legs, and I just threw it in. It was so easy for him to dunk it once yeah. he he actually carried, got the ball in his left hand to dunk it. It was it seemed like it was so effortless for him. Yeah, I thought, I was disappointed. I was I was under. I thought that was. A, I would say it's either between that or the Larry Nance double tap dunk were both both pretty good. Um, very creative I yeah i thought i mean props to him for the creativity with the double tap. yeah i will say he was definitely i think going into that realizing that they were going to play up his you know father son like i i would have bet any sum of money he was going to be in the finals uh would i have wanted it to be against Dennis smith probably but i probably i honestly would have rather seen donovan mitchell dennis smith go against each other and probably should have been the two that were in the finals together. Uh, and it looked like, yeah, I I just I think the format of everything might need to change on that piece. I just don't know how you fix it, but it's because because I, I don't know if you've seen as much of this, but there's definitely been some stuff coming out within the last couple of days of, of potential dunks that Victor Oladipo and Dennis Smith had for the final round. Yep, I've seen some Depot ones in particular that And I heard that like Dennis Smith had a a pretty a couple fun ones lined up too that were kind of gonna be his showstopper ones. Uh so it's it's difficult for me to say like I because I do enjoy watching it still and there's like a lot around it, but I wish there was a better way to judge the dunks, and I, I also wish there was a better way we could. Basically, I would like to see everyone's full dunk package, uh, especially if you're doing only four guys. I'd like to see everyone go, and then it's just like a total aggregate score, or 
it's like the singular best dunk or you do something where um, there's like more competition or more of like an elimination like each round or something you know you each get two and then you take it down yeah, each one by one i think I, just, I think if you make it an aggregate thing it fixes a lot of problems because it's going to incentivize them to put more effort into every dunk but my biggest problem man is that they allow them too many misses like you can't when you have someone I didn't, pulling a nate robinson where you're going and missing you, a ton of dunks but they cut that down you only get the three now right it's better, but I, I still just it. It's really easy to watch highlights because you're only seeing makes, and it's it's perfect. But I think if the actual live event is not as bad as it was three or four years ago, but it still could be better. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, but I think three is fair for for guys to be able to get a dunk off. I mean, I think two depending is fair. on the difficulty. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like two attempts. I'm saying like if you're throwing it off glass or something, if you try to throw it down, you go back rim, you get one more try, and I think that's fair. I, I mean, I'm okay with the three because then essentially what ends up happening is a guy gets two attempts to try the dunk that they have planned, and then. Then they get if it doesn't go right, then they have the decision to say, "I'm gonna make, I'm gonna try this one more time. I'm gonna get it, or I go with something safer and just take the points and, and see what happens." Uh, but yeah, overall, I don't know how you would fix it, but I just kind of feel like it was preset. Larry Nance was gonna be there, and then it was of the other three guys, what uh, who was gonna make it, and it just it. And I also think the judges should probably be little less celebrity and maybe have a little more like actual appreciation and knowledge of the dunks that are being pulled off and like the difficulty of it or you change the rating system to to help with that and and probably you need to see like it would be interesting too is if they do like a live score like it's like all right live motion put down a score and then, like, all right, we'll watch. You give them, like, two replays of it, and then they do the judging of it. Because, like, the Larry Nance double tap, I do think in the finals, I will say, I don't know if they realized that he did that. It almost, he did it so fast that it almost looks like he did just catch it off the glass. No, the reason people, the first time you watch, you don't notice at all. And then he's, like, pointing towards the replay so that people will rewatch it. And then you get the crowd yeah. reaction where everyone's all stoked about it. But um and then the three point Devin Booker ends up winning it um which hey, not to toot my own horn, but I brought that up last pod. Uh but um three points always fun. I think that's kind of one that you can't really mess up. Yeah, it's by default it's a pretty perfect competition and I like it. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, and then you and I had a lot riding on the skills competition where luckily, you had a uh, lot riding on it. I had. Uh, you didn't have. I mean, that would have been a nice little payout for you. You know, two bar tabs. I would have. I would have liked that. It would have been good for me. <laughs> it wouldn't have it, been. It would have been good for your wallet, but not good for you from well, a health standpoint. Yeah, sure, sure. It would have sure, been, sure, sure, but I think I would have made made up for that for just the amount of shit I would have give you for the rest of your life that my sweet Finnish prince won it, and you had the field. 
him just being in the finals like that just that made saturday night for me just him at least getting to that point because i was like oh there's a chance (laughs) well i mentioned this to you i don't remember I, i don't know if you remember this but right like when the finals were going down you know i was with a group of friends and and you had you had to go meet up for for a party somewhere and i was meeting up with you later and uh and someone your friend taylor friend of the pod taylor uh mentions that Lori made it to the finals and i was just i was convinced that it it was donezo for me from there but (laughs) i i you know at the place we're at there's there i just had no reception so i couldn't even check so i was just you know I was just praying that the next time I see a TV or can get some internet, I could, you know, pray that Lori somehow blew it to Spencer Dinwiddie. But glad that that uh, glad that that went my way. But we've got a ton of stuff to talk about, PJ. So before we talk about the second half of the season, surprisingly, had some big stories coming out today. But before we even jump into that stuff, I just want to get your opinion on. How tough this week has been so far without having NBA to watch at night because the last few nights just like not being able to talk about like even if we you know it's always fun that we throw out lines and like what we'd bet on and but also just like if you're gonna work out if you're just like kicking it at night and and doing your your nightly routine not being able to have the game in the background is like really sucked it's really throwing me off I just keep expecting something to be on TV and it's not there. Yeah, I always get into this where I just completely forget that this is a thing. Like, the post-All-Star lull. Yeah, you're just like, the All-Star com- game's over, okay, tomorrow night, games are back. <laughs> I will say, since we've started doing this, that it's been... Like, I remember last year feeling the same way, is that there was, like, that Monday night. It was a huge, like, like I don't have to watch bath. Like, I can just relax and I think that also was not just like yeah post post weekend everything I was like this is nice not having it just tonight like nothing but then like even on yesterday I was definitely looking at fantasy basketball looking at stuff and I realized oh yeah all this is until Thursday and that seems like forever that seems like the longest time <laughs> so as you're all listening to this either in the morning or Maybe on your way home from work. No, you can. You're driving home to basketball. Basketball is back for you. It's going to embrace you lovingly and act like it never left. But it's a nice reset, I think. Just with the season, since it does go so far into the season, people say the second half, but it's really like a third. So I think it helps focus people in, and if no matter where you're you're at this season and what you've been following and whatnot. It's kind of this last 25 games really lets you focus in on storylines, I think, a lot more. And I think the players themselves are a little bit more focused. And team-wise, I think everyone's... Now you've gone through the trade deadline it was before, which I like. Because it's kind of just like, alright, everyone knows what everyone's got. And let's wrap this up. Like Let's, let's make this last 22, 23, 4-5 games. Let's make these this last chunk of games memorable and fun see i i think that you get both sides of the spectrum you're gonna see teams that you're gonna see playoff veteran teams that are gonna take a step up from here on out and you're gonna see teams tank hard 
from here on out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to we're going to talk about that more later too, but um the big stories out of today were twofold, one having both in the Western Conference, one with the Mavs and one with the Spurs. So let, let's talk about the you know nothing good about this with the Mavs. Um first of all, Mark Cuban made some comments about being incentivized to tank, which hey, we all know that Mark, but don't get yourself fined $600,000 like you did with 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 this and then everything that came out with an SI story saying that there's essentially dysfunction within the Mavs organization, that their HR department mm. is hostile, that there's a writer on Mavs.com that has been accused of domestic violence twice and still on staff. He was charged, wasn't he? Oh, uh, I actually, he very well may have been charged. I believe he was charged. I'm looking at well, the, I have the story up right now. In either case, Mark Cuban came out and admitted that he should have he should have let the guy go. Um and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw any names out there, but look it up if you want to know more about it. But oh. not good, man. Not not good for the Whoa. Mavs. And it's just it's really weird that we come from an organization that despite the fact that they've been pretty bad in the last couple of years, has been looked upon positively for most people that follow the NBA. Yeah, I it's a really bad look. Um, I would say it's something you should read because it is deep. There's a lot there. Um, there's also, I mean, a lot of it focuses in on um, Terdema Ursri, uh, who was the Mavs C or president CEO of the organization, and he is. Um, quite the scumbag uh, based on what's in this uh the woman who took detailed notes on everything basically because she didn't feel like she could go to hr which is sucks if that's where your workplace is um that you wouldn't be able to go i mean there's notes she has from like august september 2007 terdema which i don't know if i'm saying his name right Terdema stops near me near where the main door where the main door is and says to me seriously just one time then he says there's another one from January 17th uh, 2008 Terdema asked me if in another life would I marry him I respond if it was another life I would be a millionaire and own this team and he couldn't handle working for me Um, I mean there's it's a pretty good response, I think. Uh, but yeah, like talking about feeling threatened, not safe. I mean, it's just like a crappy, crappy story. And the thing with this that you like, he's no longer with the Mavs. He left in I think uh, 2014. But like, it's just kind of with the Me Too movement. All this stuff is coming out. But it is. I will say with all these stories, and I don't know what you think about these ultra, but like it is and wild, and maybe that speaks to our generation or just like our upbringing or just not being into the status yet, I guess, within our our current jobs. But like I could never imagine saying anything like this to a coworker, or just like a person like that I walk the streets with, just to to act this way or to say this kind of stuff and to think it's okay i just have never in my wildest dreams like 
had a situation where I'm like, oh, I could get this line off, and this is like, okay. Especially to this degree of this stuff. Right, no, it's it's an extreme example, but unfortunately you're seeing it more often than look we're talking about we're talking about the the nba which is a male dominated industry yeah where the front offices are predominantly predominantly worked and dominated by caucasian men and unfortunately like everyone has seen time and time again you know like you and i are white like we're in like in general in a position where we can get away with more than mm. most people and that's it's not the way that it should be it's 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 wrong it's backwards and well, ursary isn't th- white what ursary isn't white oh geez i didn't even know that oh, well right. e- either way i still get like, your argument just, just men and power in general yeah, it's just men it's, power. A di- it's a different place um but you know, like it, it, I, I'd like to believe that if if I was acting like this in my place of work, that it would be tolerated, and that I'd be out of there. Now, whether or not that's true, I have no idea. But yeah, uh, it's, it's something. It's, it's something just, to think. It's something that everyone should pay attention to and think yeah. about. It. And if if this, these are things that you would even ever consider saying to someone in work, like I'd or hope you that see you see the ramifications of it and, and change how you would how you'd act in those situations and if you saw it like i think this movement at least hopefully has made people sensitive to, enough to it that they would call it out or they just would at least believe women when they waste more men it could so you know it could be both you know if these accusations come out that it's really not a oh i don't believe them where's the proof it i mean because some of the stuff that it comes out with these, like it is so detailed. It's like I don't think someone could just make this up. But right, it's well, also surreal, where it's you just can't believe that people would act this way. But I think you we now realize there's enough of these that have come up in the last four or five months that you realize that yeah, you know, this is this was everyday life for some people, and that that's that sucks. So I uh, I do have one question for you though because. Really, for me, the the stepping point of this is that, so basically, the guy that was running this organization, you turn to Mark Cuban on this, and you say, like, he had to have known, right, like, about all, because this goes back to 99, so most of this is going on the entire time that Cuban, now some of the stuff with Ursary happened prior to Cuban buying the team, but this culture has has been squarely under Mark Cuban's ownership. Uh, So from that perspective, I mean, I wonder, you know, you look at Donald Sterling, you look at comments Cuban himself made around that time about the Sterling situation. Do you think there's a chance that we could see Cuban have to leave that might have to dump the cat, you know, Jerry Richardson and Charlotte in the NFL? That's a really good question. I think that there is a very small chance, but I think that there is a chance that it would happen. Like I would say that there's a there's a five percent chance that Adam Silver and I, I forget even I, what kind of steps that you have to take. There's gonna in be order a, to there to would be an investigation. Like yeah, I think there. I think basically it would have to be a vote like a 
investigations it would be brought to, up to the owners and the owners would vote all the other owners would vote on it um, I it's been something but there will be an investigation to really determine what he knew but it's kind of one of those things that like as the own it's for the most part I, you you should be knowing and especially a guy like Cuban who's very hands-on it, it'd be kind of wild to me to think that he would have no idea any of this is going on but if you look at how that HR department and the details from it, it may have just been people were so afraid to come out with it that, you know, he's not able to, but that's a problem as well. It doesn't excuse him either, in my opinion. No, no, of, of course not. And look, I mean, I don't think that this, sh- I don't think the world or the NBA or anything should be like, a, in general, like a, a zero. Like, there are some things that should be under a zero tolerance policy, and who knows what exactly Cuban knew about and what he didn't. Like, if you if someone gets accused of domestic assault, do I think that you should then be fired because you don't immediately fire that person? I'm not sure. Like, I think that there are a lot of different extenuating circumstances that are going to shape that argument one way or the other. But all I know is, is that if there's like consistent things happening within that organization that clearly should have been dealt with and Mark Cuban has been purposefully pushing those things under the rug, then there he deserves to be punished for it. And, or selectively and ignoring it. Yeah, or selectively ignoring it, like Joe Paterno style or like who whatever that like that's an extreme example. I'm not saying that yeah. Yeah, Mark yeah, Cuban yeah. was had anything at to that degree. All I'm saying is that you, you like these are the kinds of things that, as a person in power, you should be bringing these out and putting them in the public eye, not trying to brush them under the rug. So I'm hoping we learn more about this so that we can talk about it more. It's really early. Like we said, this really just all kind of came out today. Dropped, yeah. The article dropped last night or at um, some point yesterday. But, yeah. Yeah, check out SI if you want to read that. Uh, The other big storyline that came out just a little bit ago was that Greg Popovich made a comment. uh, And forgive me, I'm not sure who he was speaking to in the media, but uh, made a comment that Kawhi Leonard likely would not be playing this year. And this, uh, I don't think that this came from Pop, but that he has been cleared to play. Yeah, that situation uh, and will not be playing. So my first question, PJ, is: Do you think that Kawhi Leonard plays another game on with a Spurs jersey on? Hmm. Under contract for another two years, I believe. I will say yes. If I had to put, I would, yeah. Okay. I would go with yes for right now. Until I see, you know, off season's a wild time. It just, you don't see guys asked to be traded away from the Spurs. And I would be, like, a lot of this has been cut, on like, hush-hush and, and within that building. So I think unless you hear more that's come out and really get an understanding, I mean, I, I know like Kawhi just doesn't trust the staff. He just he's not in the right place with that organization. 
right now, and it could just be frustration. It could be whatever the case may be. Um, I do think probably both sides need to separate for a little bit and then try to come together and, and figure out a solution. But like, I w- like I would say you look at like Lamarcus Aldridge's situation. I think this is a little bit more extreme, but. Marcus Aldridge asked for a trade, and Pop's like, "No, nah, we're gonna fix this." Like, unless I can get, <laughs> I think what the line he said, Steph Curry, he gets, you know, or I forget who he he directly said, but I think Pop's smart enough to know like he's not gonna get anything of value back in return that equals Kawhi. So it makes all the sense in the world to try to fix it. I think so. So I, I agree with your points with that. But I think I do not think you will play with, with the Spurs again. I think it's likely that they they could get they could get something for Kawhi. Um I don't think it's quite to the extent of a Paul George situation where you are almost convinced that he's gonna be walking out the door if you don't trade him. Um, I think that the teams will will give will be willing to open up their wallets a little bit more for Kawhi than they were for Paul George, just given his defensive upside. Um, he's a year younger. He's going to be coming off of an injury, sure, but he's also going to be coming off a year off, essentially, from the NBA. He's going to be fresh, ready to go. Um Twenty-one million dollars a year—that's what it, or twenty, just just over twenty million dollars in cap as a cap hit next year is a bargain for Kawhi Leonard. So if you right. you've got teams with assets out there that might be able to give you something like Boston is the one we talk about all the time. You know, Boston or could Denver. give you one of their wings and a first-round pick. Your Denver's another one. Although or LA. Their, their Jokic situation is going to be something else. And thinking about Kawhi Leonard in L.A., it seems kind of weird just because his personality doesn't fit to L.A., but the guy went to San Diego State. He clearly has spent some time out on the West Coast, and you know players in general tend to train out there. I, I, I'm not sure if Kawhi – do you know if Kawhi trains out there, like spends a lot of time out there in the offseason? I don't know where Kawhi trains or what. I, a lot of those guys are in LA. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where Kawhi's going, but you got to get. I, my guess is he'd be in LA. Like, it makes sense. So, like, this whole thing is really weird. I, I think at some point we're going to get some more details as to why he's so upset with the Spurs and with the training staff and why this has really deteriorated in the last couple months. But as great as Pop is. Pop's not going to be around forever, forever for the Spurs, uh, and Kawhi. Like there, he probably has a better chance to win in other places. So I, I mean, think I think he ends up going, assuming the Spurs can get a good offer for him. But there's just like that kind of a trade. You just assuming that he's not like long term. There's there's additional health problems with him. There's just. Zero percent chance in my mind that they're going to be able to get any sort of trade package that would equal the value 
of what Kawhi would be. I mean, it just it just feels too early, and you're right. If we we get more information, we we see how this has progressed throughout the season, but I think it would have to be like a you'd have to pull a Kyrie and just say like I'm going to sit out the remainder of this season to, or I'm going to get. Surgery, you know, uh, surgery or do something. I'll be out longer. You know, something along those lines where they'd say, "All right, we'll we'll put trades out there or something." But it just it it doesn't. It's not a. It's not something I guess we've ever seen with the Spurs really. So this is kind of a a first and something no, I man, honestly it, didn't think you would ever see. It's out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, well, you know, we've heard rumblings about about Kawhi this year, but going into the season, everyone kind of assumed that Kawhi had a quad issue, that he was going to be out for a month or so, and that as soon as he was back, the Spurs were going to be, you know, they were going to be clicking just like they always seem to be clicking. And uh, you know had a had a brief stint back and was playing low minutes but looked fine and then you know goes back on goes back on the IR out for a little while and now it's not looking like he's gonna play. It's gonna be interesting to see how the whole thing plays out. Um, but hey, if if the Spurs if the Spurs can make this one work, like it by all, by all reports, it, it doesn't sound good. Uh, with this yeah. whole relationship, I, I mean, some of it too. I just look at like this. Is a lot of the story, from what they have said, reminds me of a little bit of Derek when he was coming back from his ACL. There was just a lot of weirdness around when he come back. I mean, you can see that with Markel Folds, um, but like comparing the Kawhi to Derek Rose thing, like it was basically. Medical staff said he was ready. Derek didn't think he was, and Kawhi just doesn't trust them. And I just don't think he's he feels ready. He doesn't want to you know risk further injury, especially two years left on his deal. He wants to get that max you know, right. after that deal. I just I think both sides it makes the most sense for that, uh, them to work something out because Kawhi could then get a super max. I mean, there's just it doesn't make sense that. I think there's still a lot left to, to try to repair. I don't think it's it's unsalvageable unsal- at this point. Uh, I hope I hope so, or I hope that they can make it work. Just because the Spurs are a lot more interesting when they're, you know, they without Kawhi, I would say have really no shot at at uh, upending the Rockets or Warriors, but with Kawhi you just don't oh, know like yeah you just have no idea uh he he's he's a complete game changer when it comes to that team but uh we got a lot of other stuff to talk about let's let's move on to uh something that Al uh, Adam Silver alluded to a little bit um this was either right before the All-Star game started or right afterwards but uh, well first of all and maybe this is more important it sounds like he's in for televising the all-star draft next year which is 
Uh, Fucking great. No doy. No doy. Like charge charge ninety nine cents on YouTube TV or some shit for that. Like you can make a killing. Uh, and then the other thing that he came out with was alluding to the fact that he may be opening open to changing the seating for the playoffs and making it one to sixteen based on record as opposed to conferences, which would be so fun and it was also really funny to me today that lebron was clearly against that which also makes me think that lebron wants to stay in the east pj what do you think uh i mean i'm glad they're thinking about it i think i think that's but one you'd thing want about... it to, you'd want it to happen right oh f- hells yeah yeah, hells yeah. Makes... conferences divisions all that crap was made way back when these leagues were formed for scheduling and travel and now with commercial flights, like we can, you can get people places. I still think, you know, for the players and their lifestyle, like, yeah, let's, let's keep it somewhat regional as far as where they're going. So they don't have to do too many long road trips. But I mean, I think they've even looked, I think they're even looking at, you know, season length, you know, do they shorten the season? Whatever the case may be, but to try to space some of that out. But as far as this goes, yes, I want I want the sixteen teams. I don't care who they are. Uh, let's put them. Let's put them all together. I mean, looking at it, it's uh, I'm looking at just like overall standings. I mean, it wouldn't change things like a ton. I mean. The Cavs would be the five seed in this case, uh, but like as of right now, type of thing. But I think it would make. I think it just it would it, it's just like a modern thing that should be looked at, and if you have those off years where you have a, a stronger East or a West, probably gonna be the West though. I, I think it it helps, and I I think also if you you take that approach. I think smaller markets it benefits in some ways, gives them a chance to make the playoffs, add some revenue, and we look at free agency. The dynamics have changed a lot too, where guys are, are very conscious about winning championships, and I think under the current structure, it either favors or hurts that because you can kind of pick a conference, and you know if you want to avoid the Warriors, you stay in the East. LeBron, uh-huh. I was gonna but, say, yeah. like, you I feel kinda... like this is just an just a for a guy that's so pro pro LeBron. I'm surprised that you're you're Wouldn't coming out with these takes. Yeah, I just think you. It makes sense. Like, I I always want the best teams. I want the best potential matchups. It um, also gives you matchups in the playoffs that you have never seen before. Right, and every year presents the opportunity for a matchup that you just haven't seen. And look, and like, keeps teams in it longer. I, also, you you can't tell me that the Warriors, having played their first round matchup four times and probably beating them three or four of those times during the regular season, doesn't give them an advantage when they play them in the playoffs, as opposed to facing that team twice and maybe splitting that series. It's just you're, you're more unfamiliar with the team. You don't have prior seasons of experience against that team. So like if you had the Warriors against, it'd be the I mean, Heat. I'm looking at it right. It'd be like the Warriors, Warriors Heat. Like I would, I would guess that the Heat would win a game or two in that series. I guess one. 
but yeah. they're a tough defensive team with a big that the Warriors, I think, would have a tough time matching up against. And it would make things a lot more interesting than them going up against the Pelicans without or without a Boogie in the first round. It's just, yeah, I don't know, man. And it's uh, I'm all for it too. I, I think and it'd I could be see, so fun. I could see where LeBron, like so that ex- just as an example, like Warriors going, you know, those two teams going back and forth across the country, but. Maybe, you know, you just you add a day in there, and I think, you know, what if, yeah, you shorten the season, you give them more time in between playoffs and just regular season games, you just you space this thing out a little bit more. That's – I don't have a problem with that. I think you could do it in a smart way that you're not over – you're not pressing the players too much, but you're also, you know, making conscious – maybe the first couple rounds you do you go back to like a 2-3-2 two, Format if it's your teams are that hesitant about it, I would even I don't like the two three two format, but I'd be fine with it just to for those initial rounds so you can get through them and then maybe when you're down to the fine the definitely like the finals and the even the comp or what was it semifinals we were just calling the semifinals you could yeah switch it off or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I I like it a lot, and I mean, he's he's looking at gambling. I mean, I think he's just. He's not afraid to say that these are things I'm thinking about, or hey, um, these are, just like current, current issues, current opportunities. Like you should be looking out for your league, and you shouldn't just be. Afraid to 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 explore those options just because it's not how things have been done in the past. Right, and you know, we've touched on this before. It's just it's doable now. It used mm-hmm. to not be. You, it's not as impactful uh, to travel from one coast to another. So why not? Why not open things up and make? Yeah, these guys are flying charter anyway most of the time. So like, now that that's, I mean, it's still whatever. But it's it's not like they're crammed in the back of a plane. Right, uh, but to hit on the teams that wouldn't make that top sixteen, mm-hmm. and since this year, where we still have that top eight in the East and West format, tanks on be, me, tank <laughs> on be, me, tank on me, lose all the games, lose them all for my. Bagley. <laughs> oh, Third. I'm not sure if Marvin Bagley's going number one, but uh, he so we just got... needs to go to my Chicago, my Chicago Bulls. Yeah. So the thing is, the Bulls have too many wins for now, but eh. mm. unless they start sitting some guys, mm. but ultra, they. It's a very, it's a very. Ultra, hey, before ultra, you go ultra. into your Bulls spin here, we have a very tight group of teams at the bottom of the West and yes, the bottom of the East. Especially, you know, the West in particular is really weird just because you have the Jazz, 30 wins, and then you have Lakers, 23, and then you have four teams sitting at 18 wins, and the Grizz, Kings, Mavs, Suns. And the East, you've got the Pistons as well. I mean, the Hornets are, are you know, I think that you can count them out at this point, but... Yeah, the Pistons sitting at 28 and 29 in the 9 seed. The Heat sitting at two games above 500 at 30 and 28. 
and then Sixers, Bucks, Pacers, Wizards, Cavs, Celtics, Raptors. Um, it's gonna be Tankapalooza in the second half of the season. It's the gonna be a motherfucking tank off. Um, the Magic have already dealt Alfred Payton, uh, but Hazonia very well may just screw up their entire plans because he's playing better than he has since he's been on the team. Um, and the Nets, the Nets didn't deal anyone at the deadline where, <laughs> like, it's, you know, Dinwiddie, you know, it was reported the Cavs gave up a first for him. They decided to hang on to him, which, hey, I really like him. Like, he's hit a couple, I think he's leading the league in, in game winners this season. He's been, he's um, had a really nice season. The Knicks, uh, while their, their coach is desperately trying to, um, like, I, I guess I, I don't know how the rest of the Knicks players feel about, Everything that's going on with Joe Kim Noah, but everything about them is is just out of like completely out of the ordinary. I don't know what to think about the Knicks, but they have no KP now, so things aren't looking great for them. And then in the West, um, you know, the Lakers just made a few new deals, and they're going to be bringing back Lonzo, mixing with IT. The Grizzlies uh, are wrecked. The Kings Lonzo's are wrecked. The Mavs are looking worse. By the day, and the Suns are the Suns of the Suns. So PJ, Suns are awful. Um, who who out of this group do you think is the best set going forward to get the number one seed? Well, I'll say that the two teams uh, or three teams I'm most concerned about competing against. Would be the Suns, Hawks, and Magic. But what these teams don't have, and what no team has in this group, is a man that has a particular set of skills. Skills that make tanking and teams that are trying to tank his skill set a nightmare to try to get that number one pick. Skills that will make losing all but guaranteed. That man is campaign. He's coming back. He is. He's not going to get any minutes. Oh, Ultra, you are so mistaken. John Paxson came out and said Felicio and David Nawaba are going to begin starting alongside with Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Larry Markinen in an effort to get a better look at the young players on their team. Uh, he said there will be blocks of games where young players will play significant minutes. He essentially sat down Jerry and Grant, uh, ju- well, Justin Holiday and Robin Lopez and said that they're no longer going to be starting. Um, and Chris Dunn is no longer on a minutes limit, uh, but they're going to start. They're going to begin starting Cristiano, Felicio, and David Awaba. Let's get a look at them. Robin Lopez, Justin Holiday, and Jaron Grant will most likely be out of the lineup. And my man Campaign is going to be the backup point guard. Campaign was quoted to say, he, uh, as he gets playing time, he's going to try to go twenty-five and zero. I think he means twenty-five turnovers and zero points. Um, he's trying to say a lot of campaign stuff, but. Let me tell you, this is the Bulls' secret weapon. Holding on to him for this exact moment, just in case they won a few too many games. 
They're bringing out the agent of tanking. He's the John Wick of losing. Mr. Cameron Payne, who will help help me get that much closer to securing one Marvin Bagley the third on the Chicago Bulls. So you you, <laughs> I just want to know. Let's be real for a minute. I am. Have you watched you, campaign? You, He's really you think, bad. You think the Bulls are going to be the last record in the league when it's all said and done? I don't know if they will be the last, but they will definitely be far higher up on this list than they are currently at eight. And I think okay. the Nets have no incentive to tank. The Nets have zero incentive. You can make the argument that the Grizzlies are too good still. And the Kings have a bunch of young guys who I they're going to need to play. Like... Those teams like town and D- Dallas has they're gonna play. Hey, okay, where's your where's your argument on the Magic, the Hawks, the Suns, and the Mavs? Because Bagley's not falling to five. He might. He, ESPN just released one that had him going sixth. Hmm. Or they had Porter going six and Bagley going five. Man, you. I don't buy it. You all right? I Let's just make a new you, bet. The bull, the bulls are good. The bulls are better than that. The bulls are going to get like the eight, eight pick. I, I will bet you anything. We can discuss off the air terms. Bulls will finish <laughs> with a top five pick. You have no campaign no, doesn't point his I, feet see, in the right but, direction. But now, now we're now we're talking lottery though. I'm ta- I'm talking like standings end of the year. They're going to finish. Yeah, no. If they finish with the fifth, no, fifth, they will be in the top five worst records when the season's over. Okay. The Suns oh. can stop. The, the Suns can sit Devin Booker, which is a very tactical move. Um, the The Magic are just they have to play whoever they have at this point. They don't really have any options. <laughs> they tri- like. Alfred Payton staying on their team almost helped. Maybe Alfred Payton will help them. The Suns win some more games. The Hawks are legitimately bad. They can sit Schroeder, Bazemore, some of those guys, sure. Dude, I... Just looking at this, Bulls have a very good chance. I... Um, we, We can talk about that specific team a little bit more later. But, I, look, my, my take campaign. on all of this is... West Con- Western Conference, I think having watched the Suns a weirdly large amount on League Pass this year, I, I they're the they're in my mind the worst team in the league. Cristiano Felicio um, and Campaign are worse players than anyone on the Suns right now. No, not actually. Campaign might be the the legitimately the worst basketball player in the league. <laughs> I'm I'm I mean, like not even I, saying that for what he legitimately might Felicio, be. isn't Felicio making like eight million a year now? Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, a no that's, good. That's a no that's good. That's a no good. But if he gets paid eight million dollars, help the Bulls get Marvin Bagley, it's worth every dollar. The Grizzlies are going to be interesting. I don't think the Grizzlies have their pick. I don't. I want to say that they they do not have their first rounder. I can tell. Um, 
And then, um, but I don't, I, and I think that they're going to have a really tough time. Marcus Soul has not been good recently. Chandler Parsons nope. not really playing. Grizzlies have their pick. They do, okay. Um, <clears throat> the Kings, I could see them having a little bit of a resurgence. No, resurgence, no George Hill. Um, more minutes for their young guys. De'Aaron Fox is going to get some more minutes. I think they could they have a little more success over the last twenty three yeah. games or so of the season. Uh but very interesting. And the Lakers are just such a weird team. Uh Channing Channing uh, Fry, I'm not sure how he's gonna play with them, but I, I Isaiah Thomas is trying to get money. I guess gonna be getting trying to get some dollar bills, but also trying to make that money while he's playing next to Alonzo and it's all gonna be very weird. Um, but none of them have a point guard that feet point the wrong direction. <laughs> um, uh, other second half of the year stuff. Uh, well, or maybe let's let's talk snapshot right now. Who's your MVP at this point in the season? Uh, probably Mr. James Harden. <laughs> Uh, I think yeah. for me it's the second half. Does anyone else make a push to make that more of a conversation? Because I think he's kind of above and beyond the leader in that pack. I think it's it's his it's his uh, award to lose at this point. LeBron mm-hmm. can win it, yeah. but the Cavs are – I think it's kind of a two-man race, and I think LeBron is going to have to have an insane second half of the year – you know, maybe his numbers don't necessarily change too much because honestly, how far north can they really go from where they're currently at? I think he's averaging 26, 8.9 assists and just over eight rebounds a game. But if they can win a ton of games in the second half, finish top two in the Eastern Conference, then maybe he's in the conversation. But if, if the Rockets end up with the one seed in the West and Harden keeps playing like he's playing, it's hard to see him not winning it. And then, um, you know, you actually brought up this question before we started, but, you know, and I want to talk about this for a minute. Is there anyone in your mind that has kind of stood out to you where going into the season you weren't so high on him, but now he's kind of flipped the script? Or just someone that's kind of stood out to you up to this point that's been a little under the radar going into the year? Uh, I didn't know we were going to shoot. I didn't know we were actually going to do this question. Oh, sorry for throwing you off, homie, but I thought hey, we were you, gonna you throw these it. questions. I know. I oh. know I threw it out there. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could say that I'm happily surprised with how Donovan Mitchell has played this far this season. Um, I thought he would – I mean, you kind of get the hype during summer league a little bit and going – but just to see it, I've, I just – I would say the Jazz basketball team in general I've enjoyed more than I thought I would to begin this season or at any point in my life. Actually enjoy their uh, their game. I mean, do you do you have one I can fill bu- that you can filibuster while I while you collect your thoughts? Yeah. Well, uh, as a as a known Jazz hater. Um, you know, he's also a guy that that I, that I was planning on bringing up just because um, he's not someone that I had watched a ton in yeah. college and was not super high on going into the, going into um, 
this season, but he was he was a guy that just like I kind of yeah, thought of like pre-draft type was just kind of like Paul George a little bit like maybe less than Kawhi, but like Paul George would be a pretty good comp. I feel like where people were like, oh, he's good, and no one could say like a reason he wasn't wasn't good, but for the same time they weren't sure where they were drafting and teams that just kind of felt like were. Up, trying to outsmart themselves or trying to be too smart where it was like this guy's just a good basketball player yeah uh but the the one guy that i did want to bring up was andre drummond because oh. i think that he's a guy that i had really he had a really rough year last year after having a great year in detroit the year before that he is a prototypical big who had been bad from the free throw line check good rebounder check can't shoot check Mm -hmm. but the pistons found a way to use him to maximize his the positive things that he brings to to the floor and the guy's been on a tear since blake has been there he had a great start to the season he's shooting a respectable clip from the free throw line and he is like if you're trying to play small against him he does what you would hope your big guy would do, and that is make you pay for it on the glass, make you hurt. Like he, like he is just a he's a badass mm-hmm. in the paint, and um, it's just like you don't see a ton of guys like that. Like uh, very few of them. Dwight Howard's had a bit of a resurgence. I've like even though the Charlotte hasn't had a ton of success, I think that a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that Marvin Williams and. Nicholas Batum and guys they've sunk a ton of money into just haven't really taken a step forward and continued to progress as they expected. Where Dwight Howard and guys like um, Drummond have just, they've really stood out and are at least, you know, at least trying to make teams uh, think twice about playing someone that's a prototypical four to try to match up against them in the paint. Right. I think Drummond especially has tried to is I think actively trying to add a little bit more to his game. Um, I did find my guy that I forgot. I was who I was originally thinking of. If your take is done, my take is done. Mine was going to be Victor Oladipo for sure. I didn't think he was going to have this kind of season. Would not have picked him to be an All Star this year. Uh, and a really a really fun narrative given yeah. everything that happened with Indiana and giving up Paul George and like production wise he's right there with what Paul George he's is doing number 24 right now in win shares uh Paul George is 18th so not too bad hey Enos Cantor is bonus. 25th wow yeah Cantor monster numbers this yeah season. also surprised uh Enos Cantor completely turning into the heel this the of all of all the NBA mainly specifically LeBron but yeah Victor Oladipo shout out to him he's he's killed it um before we wrap up we haven't done this in a while but we, you uh, got some shout outs and player of the week that we should probably hit on here, Peach. Yeah. Shout outs. Uh, shout out to, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel giving Kyrie uh, a globe when he was on the Kimmel show. 
That was freaking hilarious. So, so that was uh, just the pictures that came out of Kyrie holding that globe just made me made me laugh a lot. Um, yeah, shout out Fergie once again. We can't say it enough. You gave <laughs> us a gift, a gift that uh, will not stop giving. I've uh, watched that way too many times to this point. It's a nice um, pick me up. Oh, well, it is. It's still just watching all those guys start laughing is like an instant. You just it's like one of those just where you have it where you see someone else start smiling and you just have to laugh at the same time. And there's so many other instances where there's been bad performances like that. And I'm like, I've always wondered how do these guys like not crack up? Because I know I would just be making wild ass faces the entire time. I would not be able to contain it, but. Like between Draymond and Clay, those two dudes just cracking up so much. Uh, so that was that was fantastic. Um, let me make sure I didn't have one more on my list. Uh, I guess just to be on brand, shout out Wakanda. Haven't seen it. Gonna go see the movie uh, on Saturday afternoon. Been holding off from the the real uh, hype or. Not hype, but just letting the the crowd get through. Going to go see Black Panther Saturday. Super psyched about that. The, uh, I think, uh, I'm pretty excited. But, yeah, it's breaking records left and right, which is sick. Yeah, you and I talked about Black Panther a lot this weekend, and I kept trying to drop hints so we would go watch it. It didn't happen. Yeah, I know. Uh, We have not seen it yet, but I'm hoping to see that soon as well. Um, And then, man. Did you have any? Oh, I have one more. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the picture that was out there of <laughs> Kyrie going to shake uh, Kareem's hand, and Kareem's holding this plate of nachos, and just looks like he's being like really inconvenienced. But it's just like, super like damn funny. man, why why do I why do I have to stop eating my nachos? So I can yeah. shake your hand. Um. Shout outs. Uh, shout outs. I only have one, and that's shout out to all the um, pair fi- figure skaters out there. Uh, Especially I, the brothers I and sisters. I hadn't watched a ton of the Olympics, but got back from driving uh, from Chicago back to the Great White North on Monday and was able to catch a while of the olympics and it just happened to be the you know final round of pair figure skating and holy shit i had forgotten how all the crazy stuff that these guys do like like girls are like jumping up and their skates are like resting on guys legs and um like I, it looks like they're gonna like cut each other's head off blaze of glory style and they're just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and it was really cool so shout out to the olympics and and everyone that's competing out there i don't know how much i'm going to watch i'm not a huge I'm not fan a of the olympics olympics winter guy. not a, i mean summer's great uh but winter olympics is, is not necessarily my thing yeah there was another funny uh meme it was just the patrick ewing thing and it just goes do you practice that anthem when <laughs> oh, just on the clip uh, oh, yeah, two players a week. Are you got uh, any more yes, shout-outs? Do you have any nope, shout-outs? I don't. 
No. Uh, just shout out LeBron for taking down racist piece of crap Laura Ingram. I was at first kind of hoping he wouldn't respond at all, but then his his comments after his uh, undisputed video were uh, were pretty good, and he flipped that whole thing on that racist uh, piece of crap's head Woman. <laughs> and uh, piece of crap. I'll, I'll go that far. Uh, this is the snowflake minute. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty awesome. I think there's nothing wrong with what him or Katie said in the video, except maybe make the argument of them being one and two, but I would agree with them on that. But I think their takes on the social issues and just their comments, I think are fair. And I don't think anything that was said in there deserved to be in any way, shape, or form, be something that someone should tell them to shut up and dribble a basketball. I agree with that 100%. Um, my guy of the week is Anthony Davis. I thought it was really oh, cool how yeah. he wore Boogie's jersey in the All-Star goosebumps. game. Uh, you know, we've, we've touched on that a ton, but it was something that I think it was unexpected, and you know, who knows... But uh, I'm sure it seemed like Boogie really appreciated it and, you know, a guy that's going to be down and out for a while yeah. still gets to participate in spirit, and it was really yeah. cool. Shout out to Rihanna for turning 30 yesterday and uh, to the OTR podcast for having me on their podcast. So once you're done listening to this, you should go over to theirs. I was on. We talked uh, Western Conference playoffs, a lot of Nuggets basketball. They're a Denver sports podcast. Uh, Ducey, who's been on here, been our guest host, uh, had me on with his his boy AK. So go give that a listen too. And I have not listened to that yet, but it is queued up for tomorrow. So I'm uh, I'm excited to listen to that, man. Yeah, if you're not anyone's not sick of my voice too much, just do a double decker Thursday. <laughs> Twin pod hey, Thursday. I I could never get sick of your voice, man. I. I I might have to listen to this one over again just so that I can hear it one more time. There you go. You got 50, um, 50, up to 58 episodes now of my voice. So soon enough, someone's just going to be able to compile this all and at least be able to self-identify me as with any swear words. Except <laughs> I kept it pretty light today. I was pretty you composed. Did. So shout you out did. me. You're very professional. Uh, so... I, I don't have anything else, man, but I do think uh, before I think we have some – we have a, a nice little cherry on top for this pod to, to leave everyone for the week before we uh, jump back into NBA action tomorrow. Um, we just want to take a second to, as always, thank everyone for listening to the pod and uh, leave us a review, send us some questions or um, – uh, anything that we could do to improve the pod at uh, the point forward NBA at gmail.com um, or on iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, we'll talk to all of you next week. But uh, I think you have a nice little treat for everyone, Peach. So I'm going to hand things off to you. Let's do it, guys. Have a good week. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Spangled Banner is an acclaimed singer, songwriter, actress, and eight-time Grammy Award winner from Hacienda Heights, California, Fergie.
lovely light What's so proudly wave At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly Yeah.